Welcome to Hillside Community Church's weekly podcast. We're glad that you've chosen to listen to this week's message and hope that it ministers to you today. Hillside's located in Keller, Texas, and if you would like to know more about us or to listen to previous recordings, please visit us at yourhillside.com. And now, this week's message. Thanks. Good morning, Hillside. Awesome. So, listen, it's, it's always such an honor and a privilege uh, to have an opportunity to share God's Word, and, and I'm really excited to do that today. And so, like Cody said, uh, we're in a series right now on Proverbs called Feast or Famine, uh, and we're talking about wisdom for living. We're talking about God's wisdom. And so what it, what the, the point of this is that uh, when we're nourished by God's Word, when we're nourished by God's wisdom, that we're ultimately in a feast, but then if we're not, then we're left ultimately unsatisfied, unfulfilled, uh, and in a famine. And so uh, we've been referring to wisdom throughout this series as our ability to competently deal with reality, our ability to competently deal with reality. And so this week, as uh, I was kind of wrapping my, my mind around things and seeking the Lord, I, I started to, be, to think about uh, what I like to call my BC state, my, my before Christ state. And uh, I started thinking about all of the, the worldly wisdom that seemed so profound to me, just because maybe it was put in a nice package, or maybe because it sounded good. Um, and then I started to think about like that moment when you start to trust in Christ. You know that moment? You know that moment that I'm talking about where you look back at what you used to think or what you used to do? Some of us, we look back at a high school hairstyle that we had maybe, uh, and we think like how utterly foolish. I was to think that this is the way for my life. And so I thought of a song that is very popular that most of us may know. Um, and I thought it really sums this up, right? Like the human condition to trust in our own way and the human condition uh, to not trust in the Lord. And so I, I want to read to you a couple of pieces of that song, okay? It goes like this it says, And now the end is near, and so I face the final curtain. My friend, I'll say it clear. I'll state my case of which I'm certain. I've lived a life that's full. I've traveled each and every highway, but more, much more than this, I did it my way. Regrets, I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. I did what I had to do and saw it through without exemption. I planned each charted course and each careful step along the byway, and more, much more than this, I did it my way. For what is a man, what has he got? If not himself, then he has not. To say the things he truly feels, but not the, one, the words of one who kneels. The record shows I took the blows and I did it my way. Yes, I did it my way. And so this kind of sums up uh, what human beings have always done, right? We've tried to go our own way, chart our own path, do our own thing, um, and, and at some level, at some point, just shown absolute, utter foolishness because we've tried to live life outside of the wisdom of God. And even when wisdom is yelling at us and screaming at us and is saying, you're going the wrong way, you're going the wrong way, you're going the wrong way, we kind of confidently and exuberantly uh, run down our own path and it's ultimately self-destruction. And so the question we want to ask this morning is, uh, if we want to be wise, if we want a life of favor, if we want to live the joyful life, 
um, and we want to walk in wisdom, what are the keys to receiving it? What are the keys to receiving wisdom? And so to look at this today, we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 12. And here in Proverbs 3, Solomon gives us three keys to pursuing wisdom, and then he shows us the benefits from walking uh, in God's way. And so let's look at that together this morning. Proverbs 3, verses 1 through 12, and it reads like this. It says, my son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It'll be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be wary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. And so we're going to go through this this morning in four verse sections, one through four, five through eight, and nine through 12. And what I want you to see this morning is three keys to wisdom. And the first one is this. It's remembrance. Remembrance, that we must remember the Lord. Notice what Solomon says in verse number one. He says this. He says, my son, do not forget my teaching. And so when he says this, he's appealing to the fact that um, we are a forgetful people, right? He's, he's appealing to the fact that we've always been a forgetful people. We've, uh, he's referencing the need for us to kind of constantly be reminded because when life gets busy and we start to maneuver through life, we kind of practically won't live on a day-to-day basis as if his word is true. And so when we talk about forgetting, right? When we talk about forgetting, we're not, we're not talking about, you know, that we'll forget kind of what we know about God, right? We're not talking about that because we're, we're not talking about forgetting at the mind level. We're talking about forgetting at the heart level. And so what it means is that many times uh, we tend to just push the Lord and his ways and his truth to the back of our hearts and to the back of our lives. And a lot of times what we do is we try to compartmentalize our life, right? We kind of say, okay, God, this kind of makes sense to me. Like your way, your word kind of makes sense to me here. So it, it's a no-brainer. I'm going to kind of trust you in this. I'm going to kind of do what you said in this area. But man, this area, I, I, I'm reading your word and I kind of don't understand. Or based on where my life is today, I kind of don't understand what you want me to do. So instead of going that way, I'm going to kind of keep that one to myself. And so we've, we kind of forget God's word in that moment. We, 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 we're not living with uh, the fear of the Lord in our heart. And what happens is we eventually just start going through life, uh, doing our own thing, going our own way. And we don't have the weight and the knowledge of God resting on us at every moment in our life. And so on a practical level, we also tend to uh, forget about the good news of the gospel, don't we? We tend to forget about the good news of the gospel. And if we were going to be really honest with ourselves this morning and we were to ask the question, do I 
on a moment-by-moment basis, make my decisions, speak to people, talk to people, every moment of my life, it's in light and it's driven by the truth of the gospel? Do we live our life like that? In verse number three, Solomon tells his son this. He says, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. He's, he's not only calling his son to remember the commands of God, but he's calling his son to remember the steadfast love and the faithfulness of God. And so we have to remember the good news of the gospel because we tend to forget. We tend to forget that there's a Lord who bought us. We tend to forget that we have a God who loves us and at every moment is transforming us. And so we need to be constantly and consistently reminded of the truth of God's word so that then we can live driven by that truth, right? So we have to remind ourselves. And more specifically, we have to remind ourselves of who Christ is and what he's done. We have to remind ourselves of who we are in Christ. We have to remind ourselves that we're children of the living God and that we have a hope and a future only because of him and that the steadfast love of God is always committed towards his people. Remind ourselves that God is faithful and that he's good and that he's right and that he's just and that he's true. And that's why Solomon says this. He says, bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. The point here is that you so keep who God is and what God has done and who God calls us to be so much at the forefront of your heart, so much at the forefront of your mind, so much at the forefront of your life that it's as if it's written all over us. And so if we want to walk in wisdom, we have to remember the gospel. We have to remember the good news. And we do that in a lot of ways, right? By, by reminding ourselves every day in the scriptures, every day in the scriptures. Reminding ourselves every day with scripture memory. Reminding ourselves every day in prayer. Reminding ourselves every day in conversations with other people that are also following Jesus, right? Reminding ourselves in community. Reminding ourselves in fellowship with other believers. Reminding ourselves that God is God and that God is good and that he's love and that God redeems those who have faith in Jesus. And so now we can live as different people because we belong to him. Living in light of God's word, living in light of the gospel. When we remember these things, we seek his wisdom. We seek his wisdom. So not only is remembering the Lord uh, a key to wisdom, uh, but so is humility. So is humility. Um, so Proverbs 3, uh, 5 through 8 are familiar words, right? Uh, they're not only familiar words throughout the book of Proverbs, but they're familiar words uh, really in all of Scripture. And so uh, this morning, I don't want you to lean back on how familiar these words are, right? Because it's so important uh, as it relates to a key to living the life of wisdom that God calls us to. And, and so this is what it says in verse number five. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It'll be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. So 
There's two things here uh, that Solomon reminds us of. Number one, uh, he reminds us to not trust in ourselves, but rather to humbly trust in the Lord. And number two, he reminds us to not lean on our own understanding. And so as Solomon kind of sits here with his son, uh, uh, he, he's telling his son this because these are where our natural tendencies lie, right? As humans, right? He's saying, son, uh, even as you uh, remember the Lord. You're going to have a natural tendency as you walk through life when you face certain circumstances to try to trust in yourself and to try to trust in your own intellectual capacity, right? You're going to have those tendencies. Son, you're going to have those tendencies to lean on your own understanding. And also, you're going to have those tendencies that when you read God's Word and you don't have complete understanding of it, to discard that as the truth and to lean on yourself, to lean on your own understanding. And so what Solomon is saying to us, he's saying, do not walk through life trying to evaluate things through our own grid that comes from our own sinful heart. Because we're, we're sinful people and our judgment is skewed, right? We live in a sinful world that is constantly bombarding us and flooding us with messages that are contrary to God's word. And so rather than uh, leaning on our own understanding, rather than thinking that we possess the wisdom that we need on our own, what do we do instead? We trust in the Lord with all our heart. We trust in the Lord with all our heart. And so I've always said, right, that Hallmark and uh, kind of the greeting card industry has always kind of muddied the water of what we think our heart is, right? Um, and it's clear in Scripture that your heart is not just your emotions, right? Uh, it's talking about your very being. It's talking about who you are. It's, it's, it's what you desire. Your heart is, is what you think about. It's what you say. It's how you treat people. It's how you treat money. It's your character, in the scriptures, everything about you is summed up in your heart. Everything about you flows from your heart. So what does Solomon say to do when uh, he tells us to seek wisdom? He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. In other words, trust in the Lord with your very being. Trust in the Lord with every area of your life and in all capacity, trust in the Lord. In humility, rather than leaning on your own judgment, lean on the Lord. And that's what humility is, right? Humility begins with admitting that we need a wisdom that comes from outside of us, right? It's admitting that we need a wisdom that can only come from God. And when we humbly trust in God and we trust in his word, then we begin to follow it in obedience. And when we follow it in obedience, we begin to grow in wisdom. And so it's so important to get this, that every act of obedience is an act of faith, right? Every act of obedience is an act of faith. And so the world's wisdom would say, um, when someone wrongs you, uh, to go and get justice for that in your own way. Pursue justice in your own way. But the Bible tells us to forgive our enemies. And so when we're obedient and we forgive someone, you're trusting that God will get perfect justice as he sees fit, right? Because that's faith. That's faith. When the Bible tells us to tame our tongue, which is so difficult to do, and we're obedient and we keep our mouth closed, you're trusting that the Lord can handle the situation 
without us manipulating it through our speech, right? It's faith. When the Bible tells us whoever controls his spirit is better and greater than the mighty, and you control your anger, you're trusting that the Lord will work out the situation better than if you use force and intimidation. It's faith. And so what about this? When the Bible uh, tells us to be good stewards with our finances and to show integrity in our business dealings. Uh, When the world's wisdom would would say uh, to hoard up things and to not be generous, to hoard up treasures on earth, but yet we listen to God's word and we're obedient, what are we doing? We're trusting that the Lord has given us enough to take care of the things that we need and to still be obedient and be generous, right? It's faith. You see how that works? Every act of obedience is an act of faith. And so what, is, what does it say? And this is the part that we're all really excited about. This is the part that's kind of on all of our coffee mugs, right? Uh, and it says, he will make straight your paths. He will make your paths straight. And we love that, but it's so important to remember that these are Proverbs, not promises, right? Proverbs, not promises. So they're spirit-inspired observations about life in general, but we live in a sinful world, and so these are not absolute promises. But when Solomon tells his son, he will make straight your path, it means this. It means that we will have less self-inflicted curves in life when you follow the wisdom of God rather than when you go your own way. We will have less self-inflicted curves in life. But yet we like to pretend that most of our problems, most of our curves come from outside of us. But if we're really being honest, if we're really being true with ourselves, uh, we know that most of our wounds, when we look back, are self-inflicted, right? Most of our wounds are, we can tie it back to the moments that we relegated ourselves to trusting in ourselves, to leaning on our own understanding, and to not doing it God's way. And so let's think about this for a second. So I made a list. You ready? I made a list. Uh, In general, uh, this is true. In general, if you listen to what Proverbs say about living within your means, not losing your temper, watching what you say, working hard, walking in integrity, listening to good sense, avoiding the counsel of fools, being faithful to your spouse, and faithfully disciplining your children, you will in general have more joy and less self-inflicted pain in your life than if you drown in debt, run your mouth, lose your temper, lie, listen to fools, don't work hard, don't, don't discipline your kids, and cheat on your spouse. And that's just in general true, isn't it? You'll have less self-inflicted curves in your life. And that's why Solomon says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make straight your paths. It means that you'll have less self-inflicted curves in your life when you decide to humbly submit, discard your own wisdom and go with God's wisdom when you do it his way. But we have to admit that we need it. And that's humility. That's humility. And there's a third thing that I, I want us to see this morning. There's a third thing I want us to see. So not only must we uh, remember the Lord on a moment-by-moment basis uh, to grow in wisdom, not only must we have humility to grow in wisdom, but we must have faith to grow in wisdom. We must have faith to grow in wisdom. Starting in verse number nine, Solomon says this. He says, honor the Lord with your wealth, 
and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be wary of his reproof, for the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. And so it's so interesting here uh, from a section where Solomon is talking to his son about trusting in the Lord that he goes directly into giving back to the Lord from his first fruits. And he's talking to his son about the call for those that belong to the Lord to be generous and to honor him with our wealth, which the Lord has given to us, right? And so it brings us back to the point that every act of obedience is an act of faith. Every act of obedience is an act of faith. And so what happens is when we give generously, we're trusting that the Lord has given us enough to give back and to meet our needs. It's an act of faith. Because there's never a time that you're generous. There's never a time that you give that you couldn't have done something else with that, right? There's never a time. But when we do it, when we walk in obedience in that way, what we're saying is we're saying, Father, I trust you, and I trust that you are the provider. The the scriptures call him Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And I trust that you have provided everything that I would need that you've entrusted into me that I can still be obedient and be generous and to give back. And then Solomon goes into the benefits of what that looks like. And he says, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Now again, proverb not promised. In general, what is true is this. Those that are generous grow to be better at handling their money. Those that are generous grow to live within their means. Just as the scriptures give us the principles of those that can be trusted and faithful with little will be given more. There are just more blessings that come with being generous than being tight-fisted. It's just the truth of God's word, and we believe that by faith. We embrace that by faith, and that drives our obedience. And let me just say this. Uh, Generosity is... Uh, a condition of a heart, not a condition of an income. Generosity is a condition of a heart, not a condition of an income. And so that's, Solomon calls out the two areas that challenge our faith maybe the most. He's sitting with his son and he says, son, remember the Lord in everything you do. And you're going to have moments where you want to lean on your own understanding. You're going to have moments where you want to trust yourself. But don't do it, son. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then he says, okay, son, you ready? Because I'm not going to beat around the bush. Trust him with your money and trust him as you go through trials. I mean, he jumps right into it, right? He jumps into the two areas that probably challenge our faith the most. And in verse number 11, Solomon goes into that. He says, my son, and by the way, I love that he starts this with my son, right? He starts chapter three in saying, my son, this is the only other time he calls this out. And it can just, it shows you kind of the tender love that a father has for a child. And he says, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be wary of his reproof for the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. And so it's so important here. Notice that he doesn't say, uh, do not despise the Lord's punishment. Notice that he doesn't say that. It's so important that Solomon uses discipline and not punishment. 
And so the good news of the gospel is that for those that trust in Christ, there is no more wrath and no more punishment for us to face because Jesus Christ took all of it upon himself when he went to the cross and he defeated it when he rose again. And so when we trust in Jesus, we can stand firm in faith on the promise that there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And that's good news. So for the Christian, there is no punishment, but there is discipline. There is discipline. Because when we put our trust in Jesus, God is our father. He adopts us into his family and he's a perfect father and he knows what we need more than we do. And so what's most, the most important thing to him the most important thing to him is that we are being conformed into his image for his glory and for our ultimate joy. He's concerned about hearts. Just as a good father should be, he's concerned about hearts. And so here's where the rub is, right? Here's where the rub is. Most of us, most of us, most of us. We love the idea of God changing our circumstances more than we love the idea of God changing us. We love the idea of God changing our circumstances more than we love the idea of God changing us. And maybe breakthrough, maybe the breakthrough that you're looking for, it doesn't begin when our circumstances start to change, but it begins when we determine in our hearts to follow God's wisdom and stand in faith and trust God right in the midst of it. And trusting him and saying, you're my father and you're good and you love me and I trust the way and the path that you have for me. He takes us through discipline for our own good, just as a good father would. And notice that he takes us through it, right? He walks through it with us. He walks through it with us. So when you're walking through trials, when, when, when you're going through difficulty, when you're going through pain, when you're going through suffering or uncertainty, it's so important to hear this. The Lord has not abandoned you. The Lord has not abandoned you. In fact, he's nearer to you than he, you can ever imagine in those moments. He's with you. He's refining you. He's at work in you. The scriptures say that he's at work working all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. He's teaching you. He's training you. Most of all, he's changing you. Don't think you've been abandoned because you haven't. And we have to have faith that God is the perfect father and that he teaches us through faithful, loving discipline. And so uh, last week was, was Father's Day, as, as many of you guys know. And I'd like to say that I'm really disciplined and I kind of wake up at the crack of dawn every day. But I was honestly woken up by my five-year-old who ran in the bedroom and jumped on me. Um, but... Um, I'm glad that I woke up because I was happy that I had an opportunity to uh, call my dad. He's on the East Coast in New York State. Um, so with the time zone difference, I wanted to try to catch him prior to him heading out for church in the morning. 
And there were two things on my heart that I, I wanted to share with them, and I did. And, and, and what I said to them is I said, number one, thanks for the discipline. Thanks for the discipline. And then I said, thanks for doing it God's way. And what I meant by that is thanks for the faithful, consistent, loving discipline that you showed us. And so listen, I mean, at 15, I was not saying that, right? At 15, I wasn't saying that. As a preteen, I wasn't saying that. I wasn't saying that. But now as a a, a 30-year-old, I can call my dad and actually say, thanks for the discipline? Because I realize now that my father's discipline taught me. It molded me. It prepared me for what God had in store for me in the future. And get this, God is the perfect father. God is the perfect father. He knows the perfect way to teach us. He knows the perfect way to train us, to refine us, to change us. And yes, also, he knows the perfect way to get our attention when we need it. Because sometimes there's a level of maturity that we're going to need in the next stage of life that we can't even see yet. And we're not going to be able to get there if everything right now stays the same. And so it's so important to get this. Don't let your problem block your perspective. Don't let your problem block your perspective. Don't let the circumstances of today make you trust in yourself and lose faith that he's good, that he's faithful, that he loves you, and that he has all things working together for your good. Don't let your problem change that. Don't let your problem block your perspective. And so what has to happen when we're walking through these things? We have to have faith. We have to have faith. That even though times can be hard, that we're right where our Father wants us to be. And we embrace him, and we trust him by faith, and we walk by faith knowing that he's with us. Because for those that trust in Christ, we are children of the Lord. We are his children. He's adopted us into his family. And his plans for us, let me tell you something. His plans for us are more than you can even imagine. But the Lord's wisdom today is saying, have faith through the circumstances. So I want to encourage you this morning. Don't despise the days of difficulty. Don't despise the days of discipline. They're hard but let them drive you in humility to a deeper faith in Jesus. Because what's coming ultimately is way better than what you're going through right now for those that trust in Christ. And so as we seek wisdom this morning, as we say, I want to be wise, I want to live a life of favor, I want to live the life of joy that the scriptures speak of, let us go and remember the gospel live in light of the good news of who God is and who we are in Christ at every moment of our lives. Let it drive us. Let it be as if it's written all over us. And then in the moments that we're tempted to try to understand it with our own intellectual capacity, in the moments that we think, I can handle this portion of my life on my own, 
Let us remember humility in that moment, admitting that we need a wisdom that comes from outside of us that can only come from God, and let us trust in the Lord and not lean on our own understanding. Let us walk in humility. And then regardless of what circumstances we're in, regardless of where we are in our life, let us have faith. Let our perspective and the posture of our heart be one that we recognize who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And to recognize that the scriptures are true and that he's our father and that he loves us and he has our ultimate joy in mind. So in conclusion, I want to end with this. Uh, A.W. Tozer, um, in in a book called In the Knowledge of the Holy, he wrote these words about God's wisdom in our lives in And I just want to share it in closing here. Uh, And it says this, it says, To believe actively that our Heavenly Father constantly spreads around us providential circumstances that work for our present good and our everlasting well-being brings to the soul a vertible benediction. Most of us go through life praying a little, planning a little, jockeying for position, hoping but never being quite certain of anything and always secretly afraid that we will miss the way. This is a tragic waste of truth and never gives rest to the heart. But hear hear what Tozer says. He says, there is a better way. It is to repudiate our own wisdom and take instead the infinite wisdom of God because God has charged himself with full responsibility for our eternal happiness and stands ready and waiting to take over the management of our lives the moment we turn in faith to him. Let's pray. Uh, as, we, as we posture our hearts to, to pray, I, I just want to say, if, if you hear that, that God is waiting and ready to take over the management of your life the moment you turn in faith to him. And you know right now that you have not trusted in Jesus Christ with your life. You have not given your life over to him. And, and, and let me just say, if you feel that in your heart that today you want to do that or today you even want to pursue that or you want to understand more what that looks like, let me tell you something. That, is not, that does not happen to everybody. That feeling that you have in your heart, that feeling that you have in your gut, that does not happen to everybody. That is the Holy Spirit at work. And I would just encourage you to listen to the word of the Lord. Listen to the voice of the Lord as he calls you to himself. And we have people after service today in our connect area that would love to pray with you. They would love to walk you through that. They would love to talk to you about what that looks like. They'd love to explain the gospel to you today. You do not have to leave here the same today. You can turn your life in faith over to Jesus Christ. Father, we're we're so grateful, Lord, for your word, for your wisdom, for your ways. And Lord, we're so thankful for your son. Lord, your son, Jesus, who is the way, 
the truth, and the life. And that as we put our faith and our trust in him, that we're brought right back to you, Lord. And it's our only bridge to you, Father. We're so thankful for Jesus and what he's done. And so, Father, today I ask that uh, you would stir our hearts, that this week we would go out and we would seek your wisdom in remembering your word, remembering your way, remembering the gospel, that we would walk in humility and trust in your way and not our own. And Father, that we would have faith in the midst of whatever circumstances that we're in, that we would trust you and that we would have faith. We thank you so much for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen.